He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. This week, the Broadcasting Standards Authority issued its last batch of rulings for this year on formal complaints it received earlier in 2023. And it's an interesting bunch. There was one about country calendar depicting deer being hunted, shot and processed at an abattoir. Just the reality of daily life in Aotearoa, New Zealand, the authority decided. It also declined to determine a complaint about undecided people being excluded from TVNZ's pre-election polls and a complaint about a character described as effing annoying in a book review on 9 to noon that didn't breach the standard for offensive and disturbing content, the authority decided. And to be clear, effing annoying is exactly what was said on air, not the F-word variant itself. But the authority did uphold a complaint against News Talk ZB host Mike Hosking, who told listeners during a teacher's strike, people who go on strike have always been on full pay, they're supported by the unions. That was materially inaccurate and misleading, said the authority, even though some listeners did get in touch on ZB afterwards who knew that that wasn't right. And a majority of the authority also upheld, though only in part, a complaint about a discussion on TVNZ's show Marae about freedom of expression in the wake of provocateur Posey Parker's visit to New Zealand. Rainbow community activist Chanel Lal had strayed into the realms of personal attack, the BSA said, though not all its members considered it a breach of standards. And the BSA also considered a complaint about MediaWatch, which was a response to our analysis of another decision made by another media complaints body. The Media Council had earlier found a stuff news report about the safety of puberty blockers lacked balance. The authority found that the live Midweek Media Watch discussion about that decision was sufficiently balanced and focused on the implications of the decision for journalists. And the alleged inaccuracies in our broadcast, in fact, constituted comment, analysis or opinion, the authority said. And Media Watch's critique did not result in unfairness. Now, in addition to those latest decisions, the Broadcasting Standards Authority also this week released its annual report to call for urgent and long overdue reforms to the laws for media regulation. Increasingly obsolete legislation is making it more difficult for us to achieve our mission, said the authority's chief executive, Stacey Wood. Since 2019, that mission has been to protect New Zealanders from harm under a new vision statement, freedom in broadcasting without harm. But what does that mean? We'll come back to that later. But what then is the problem with the existing law for the Broadcasting Standards Authority? The BSA is backed up by the Broadcasting Act of 1989, and uniquely, the authority can order errant broadcasters off the air for really bad breaches of standards, and even make them apologise. Now, it hardly ever does that, but it does make broadcasters pay modest penalties for bad breaches and acknowledge them on the air. But there are other regulators that don't have the same power, the Media Council, for example, for what used to be called the Print Media and the Advertising Standards Authority for advertisements. And then there's the Classification Office for other content and publications overseen by the Office of the Chief Censor, and that has separate legislation. Now that all leaves whole swathes of online media effectively unregulated, though laws governing privacy, defamation and harmful digital content can be applied to anything that's really egregious and illegal that's published on the internet. But seeing as broadcasters, newspaper publishers and advertisers all operate on the web anyway, having four regulatory agencies that predate the internet does really seem out of date. 
Five years ago, the Department of Internal Affairs, Te Tari Taifenua, first proposed one framework for all media with codes of practice to be enforced by an independent regulator. Now, there was some consultation with broadcasters over this, and then came COVID disruption, and then last May, a new proposal called Safer Online Services and Media Platforms, which was explained this way. We all consume and experience content, from books and film, to social media and new AI technologies, as well as everything in between. Over 30 years ago, we designed a system that largely kept us safe from TVs, movies, books and radio. But it isn't up to the task for the high volume and high speed content environment of today. We need new regulations for online and media platforms to ensure the safety of individuals when they consume content. Now, this proposal said that media services like TV and radio broadcasters would also need to follow new codes, and the new regulator would have the power to penalise serious failures. And back in June, the editor of the New Zealand Herald, Shane Curry, said media executives were worried about this. I managed to speak to most of the CEOs or the, or the different businesses, and it's fair to say uh, the reaction's um, very cautious through to concern, deep concern right, what around... What concerned about? Well, concerned that, uh, about the impact on, I guess, the freedom of the press. Um, it's important that media, uh, you know, that there's nothing preemptive or um, prescriptive in this new superpower that they can sort of dictate where the media is going. Now, that, in, Internal Affairs itself has said, look, we're not... We're not setting up the superpower to kind, to kind of um, dictate. But what would responsible news media have to fear from this? Well, Shane Carey said they were concerned about that notion of harm. Where the concern uh, may come in is, is around the principles themselves and, and what defines harm. So, and this is where okay. the hate speech, hate speech laws came into um, yeah, so, so, yeah, that is a really good... The Safer Online Services and Media Platforms Review did note that the news media were a low risk of harbouring harmful content, but disclosures made in the course of journalism can end up harming some people, even if they're in the wider public interest. Now, consultation on the department's plan to replace four avenues of complaint with just one ended in July, and there's been nothing reported back yet. But when it is, it'll be reported back to a new government, which will need to be persuaded that this is worth doing. So this week, I asked the Broadcasting Standards Authority Chief Executive Stacey Wood, is that why she went public this week to say that the slow-moving and possibly even stalled overhaul is now urgent? One of the things I found interesting was that uh, annual reports from about uh, 10 years ago were uh, making comments about looking forward to the upcoming regulatory reform <laughs> and the need for that. We've finally had consultation this year um, on the safer online services and media platforms. Um, it would be a shame if, it, if things stalled now. This is urgent. Uh, people are being harmed. Uh, and traditional broadcasting media is not where most of the harm is happening. The outgoing government did have a plan. This is run through the Department of Internal Affairs, uh, Safer Online Services and Media Platforms is the name that it now has. But that's been going on since about 2018 when they opened up. Is that actually what you want? You want that plan we're broadly supportive of the plan. Uh, we do think there's quite a few details that still need to be ironed out, though. Um, one of the goals of the uh, proposed new framework is to reduce 
fragmentation and increase simplicity and you know make it easy for people to know where to go because currently we've got so many doors if you have a complaint uh, but it, it wasn't totally clear to us from the consultation how much simpler the new system would be but the main sorry to interrupt you but the main yeah. thing to make it simple or uh, less fragmented as you put it was having one body effectively this would replace you wouldn't it and there would be an, another body the BSA would cease to exist in its current form, uh, we still think there's a role for uh, a complaints body, um, an oversight body of traditional broadcasting media. Um, it could be something like uh, what's happened in the UK, where Ofcom has uh, absorbed uh, a lot of new functions relating to the online space. So, uh, so it might be that uh, the standards uh, that we've been upholding for the last 34 years are applied uh, at a higher level to new platforms. So because it's simply not practical for people to complain about something they see on social media, wait for a complaints decision to come out and then see if it's going to get taken down or not. By that time, it's gone all around the world and disappeared and morphed into something else. Right, because broadcasting decisions right now, the ones released this week, for example, they may go back to April or May, for they example, go back the, actual, a few months, yeah. the actual broadcast being complained about. That's yeah. right. But on social media, there's just no effect. So you need to be holding those um, online providers to account and saying it's on you to make sure that people are safe and not being harmed in the first place by the content that appears on your platform. Does this effectively give you a bigger empire? You'd have a new name, but uh, you'd be well situated to actually take on more responsibilities, become... We would love that. Powerful. You know, it would be a big job. Uh, but at the moment, we feel like we've got all of this expertise and, and knowledge and we're seeing all the research that's coming out about uh, harm that's being done to people online. And we would love to be able to contribute to solving that. But we just have no jurisdiction and not really any money because levies are going down. We've just had our first government funding increase in 20 years. So when you so. say levies going down, there's uh, media companies that uh, pay levies. Yeah, so to... traditional broadcasting companies, television and radio, if they make over a certain amount of money every year, they have to pay us levies to fund the complaint system. And it's, um, you know, there's an argument that that's not really fair when online streamers and uh, social media don't have to do any of that. Yeah. However, as you mentioned, 10 years ago, uh, the former government looked at this. The Law Commission recommended one a one-stop shop for regulation. The government then looked at it. didn't happen. Do you think the current one that's coming in will be any more inclined to do it? We hope that it will be a priority for the new government. The risks now are perhaps not totally different to the risks 10 years ago, but some of them have been really highlighted in recent years. So your mis- and disinformation, foreign interference in elections, self-harm by young people experiencing uh, harmful content online. But we do have the Harmful Digital Communications Act uh, specifically for this as well. News media companies that, uh, as, as the, um, say, for online services and media platforms review pointed out, are at low risk. They don't carry this sort of stuff. They are broadly uh, responsible. So they won't want to be drawn into a regulator that has more power. And the way things are, 
a lot of media get to regulate themselves effectively, and so do the advertisers. So they're not going to want to give that up. You'll have to persuade them as well as the government. Won't yeah, you? and no, like we support uh, a co-regulatory system, perhaps similar, perhaps somewhat different to what we've got now, where the providers, the platforms are responsible in the first instance for their processes, for their codes, for their. Um, but where there's a regulator to make sure people are playing by the rules. So we do think that it's just important to. Uh, not have one rule for all, but make sure that there aren't the big gaps in our regulation that we've got at the moment. There will be those, a bid to create a bigger regulator covering all media. It's going to come into opposition from organisations like Free Speech Union and so on. Are you prepared for that? There will be resistance? There's always going to be controversy when we're talking about limits on free speech, uh, but it's always been recognised that the right to freedom of expression and free speech is never... Absolute. There's always reasonable limits, especially where it comes into conflict with competing rights. That is the heart of our mission, though. Our Broadcasting Standards Authority uh, is about freedom of expression without harm. But harm means mm. different things. I mean, some would oh, say yeah. good, responsible journalism can harm some people, but it's in the wider public interest that things are exposed, whether or not it's bad for some individuals. So the BSA adopted that in 2019, that freedom in broadcasting without harm. Uh, but again, another body with wider powers also operating online, censorship powers effectively, um, news media won't like it. It's a tough one. Uh, harm is not being offended, but harm means different things to different people, as you've um, said. But we don't think that the fact that it's difficult should stop us from doing it. And if it doesn't happen, if a current government says, sorry, we've got other priorities, carry on as you were, kind of what happened 10 years ago. Uh, what's the worst that will happen if you don't get the regulatory reform you say is really urgent? For us, selfishly, it's going to become more expensive each year to achieve less uh, because we'll be reaching fewer people watching television or listening to the radio. Uh, we'll have continue to see falling levies from traditional media. The authority will continue to issue robust and useful decisions. That can be challenged in that court, can be challenged uh, un- unlike in court. other regulators. That's yeah. right. Uh, but we'll, we won't be preventing harm to the extent that we have in the past because that is not where the harm is occurring increasingly. Finally, though, uh, yes, your annual report out this week. Uh, so, yeah, interesting, the patterns of complaints, 169 complaints, 121 decisions. Uh, you know, only seven upheld uh, by the authority. So, look, broadly, broadcast media, as we know it, uh, still broadly responsible on upholding their own standards as well as uh, as, as well as those in the BSA's um, codes. That's right. That was the lowest rate of upholds that we've had in a few years. Um, and it does reflect that traditional broadcast media are generally doing a really good job of upholding standards. We, we did issue three upholds this week, but... Uh... <laughs> The pattern still stands. The annual report does mention a spike in last couple of years over COVID-related issues and coverage. That seems to have fallen away a bit, I guess, as the pandemic itself has uh, moved on a bit. But now also, you've had to issue those guidance notes about gender identity issues. Is that now a one that's keeping you busy? It's keeping us busy. It's certainly not uh, the same as the real spike that we had around COVID. Um, and there are always issues of the day that we see 
a wave of complaints about. We expect we'll see an increased number around the Gaza conflict. We expect to um, probably continue to receive complaints about people speaking Tadeo on the television. But we do... Although you can now kind of decline to determine them. We can decline to determine them, but we still have to consider them. And the broadcaster does as well. But it is still frustrating to see. That was Stacey Wood, Broadcasting Standards Authority Chief Executive, who this week warned that reforms to the laws for media regulation are urgent and long overdue.